All right, it's Fred Underwood with Dream Big Sports, and welcome to Powerhouse Conversations. Uh, this podcast brings on powerful guests to have powerful discussions about how we can utilize digital transformation in our uh, brands of our athletes. Uh, we bring on guests that are in the sports industry to discuss hot topics around growing your brand. Um, our guests uh, share their expertise and their experience so that they can inspire innovation in our listeners. So today we have a special guest, Grant. Um, we're going to have a conversation behind uh, around uh, NFTs in sports and how you can how athletes can capitalize on that. So, Grant, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. We're happy to have you. How's your day going? It's been busy, um, <laughs> which is always the case. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Thank you very much. Yep, yep, yep. So, Grant, tell us about your uh, your business, MNG Collections, and um, how you got got started. Yeah, it was a pretty natural progression, uh, to be honest. I have my day job and full time uh, role is as a financial advisor for people in the athlete and entertainment space, and as that role and the person that they kind of trust to help them with their assets and managing their various wealth um you know across basically north america they always have opportunities that come up uh to them that are unique because of their um their fame and popularity especially amongst startup investors and people in the venture capital and um uh private equity world and so over the last two years as the nft craze really took hold uh, of the entire world, more and more of my clients were approached wanting to, you know, get involved in the NFT space. Either it is create their own or collaborate or promote another person's project. And it happened so often, probably at, at the point when it was the peak every other day, I was getting a call from one of our clients asking about, you know, the space, how they can get involved, how they can invest in the space, how they can just learn about it. And it became happening so often that a good friend of mine, uh, Matt Santos, he's a graphic designer, very, very creative person, um, decided like that we could create a company together to essentially help out my clients, not only understand the space, but to capitalize off of it, right? Um, we're going to get to it probably talking later on today about NIL and how college athletes can basically now monetize their name, image, and likeness. And as the world changes, so do the opportunities in that space, right? So um, for professional athletes, they're sometimes restricted depending on which league they you know, play in about their ability to monetize mm -hmm. using jerseys and logos and that sort of thing. So it was really interesting. It was a huge learning curve for us and our clients learning about what they can and cannot do. But you know, Matt and myself created MNG Collections, which is basically designed to help athletes and entertainers um, from start to finish. It's a 360 degree company. Um, what I mean by that is whether an athlete or entertainer wants to simply learn about the space, we can provide consultancy services uh, to them. Um, if they want to go as far as launching their own NFT project, but don't know where to start, not only can we design it from a graphical and design perspective, but also you know what that looks like is there any utility to the nft and how they want to go about doing it making it unique to their individual you know wants and, and wishes right there's been yeah. tons of athletes honestly in this space and they've all done it a little differently so the company was designed really just to provide a resource for athletes and entertainers to 
you know, be able to get involved and launch their own projects. Yep. And I, so I know we're, we will probably have a lot of uh, people who are not familiar with it. Right. Uh, how do you, uh, you know, break that down at the simplest form to explain to them what is an NFT? Yeah, so it's, it's actually um, a question that comes up a lot. They'll be very, very interested in the space. They'll see it all on TV. You know, for example, it all really started when people sold his NFT for like $69 million. That got all the headlines. Prior to that, the average person didn't know what an NFT was, even though that they've been around and trading for in some various forms for like nearly a decade. Right. You know, if you're buying skins on Fortnite, like yep. that essentially is an NFT. Yep. Um, it wasn't branded that way. So, you know, the NFT that we all know today really started um, getting popularized from people. And what an NFT is for people that don't know, it stands for non-fudgeable token. And I know that might even confuse people even more, right? right. Um, but I'll break it down. Non-fudgeable more or less means that it's unique. So you can't really replace it with something else. For example, like a single Bitcoin is actually fudgeable. You can exchange one Bitcoin. If I have it, Fred, you have another Bitcoin. We can right. exchange our Bitcoins. We have the exact same thing. Um, a one-of-a-kind trading card or the Mona Lisa, these are non-fudgeable. They are very unique. There's one of them. If you have a painting and I have a painting, we can exchange them, but they will be different assets, All right? right? So non-fudgeable tokens are basically non-fudgeable digital items. That could be a song, a picture, mm. uh, whatever you want. It can take various forms, right? But basically it means that it is very unique and it's a one of one. Um, the technology behind it uses blockchain technology, which in of itself, again, is quite complex. But the basic idea is that blockchains are just a way to store data without having to trust anyone or company or entity, you know, with keeping things secure and accurate, it's sort of shared by the community, stored right. by the community. And so an NFT um, really started as, you know, a way for artists to monetize their work. Right. Unless you were a famous artist, you could go to Christie Auctions House or something like this. But if you're an average artist, it's very, very hard over the last little while to be able to monetize and make a living off of that uh, right. term starving artist doesn't exist for nothing. Right. right. And um, it's because of that. But then if you now have this technology where you can digitize your work, place it online, have it protected, have it secured, have a record of transactions, which is where the blockchain comes in. Right. It really provides you a platform that frankly, up until a couple of years ago, never existed for you. Right. right? So, um, it has been a very interesting way to watch this market go from Beeble selling 90 or actually Fortnite skins to Beeble selling it for 99 million to, you know, athletes using it as a way to sell sort of like digital trading cards, if right. you will. Right. Yep. Um, if I have a Babe Ruth trading card, um, it's very, very unique, very rare, uh, which is the same of NFTs, but it's kind of hard to prove if I were to give you that card, Fred, that that is actually that card, right? Right. There's no transaction history. I can't verify it a certain way. Now, if I had that Babe Ruth trading card via as an NFT, so maybe I had a physical card, but I actually had the digital copy as well. With the digital copy, there's actually like a history of transactions that right. you can see. And 
one cool thing is actually maybe someone in the past that was maybe even famous had owned that card, right? Maybe right. one of the presidents had owned the card, right. that actual card, and now you own it, both the physical and digital. You can combine NFTs with physical assets as well. Yep. Um, but it becomes a way, you know, for athletes, for example, just sticking with that example to now take back ownership from like tops and all these other um, card uh, manufacturers to themselves and get directly to their consumers and fans and monetize, you know, their basically popularity and yep. themselves. Right. So it's really more now people are selling homes using NFTs, where instead of you have a transaction that you are going to have to fill out paperwork, you know, with a lawyer and an account, uh, a real estate agent, mm -hmm. you know, if you purchase something, there's once again, that transaction history via the blockchain of who's owned the house, uh, that it's a legitimate title and ownership to that individual property. People are selling songs this way, concert tickets. I mean, even like, you know, Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks have discussed using NFTs as a way to sell season tickets. Yep. Um, and when I saw that, I, there's been uh, not a lot of talk about that lately, to be honest. So I think maybe with the uh, downturn in the NFT market, things have been put to the side. Right. He's working on the background. But when I heard that Mark Cuban was working on that, I instantly thought to like, what tickets do I own? Right. And yep. I have a, a pretty cool thing that every sporting event I've ever been to my entire life, uh, I have the actual ticket for going way back to when I was three years old. So that's cool. I was, believe it or not, at Wayne Gretzky's last game for the Edmonton Oilers. And I have this ticket. Uh, it's so funny to look at from 1988 or 89, I believe. And uh, I cherish it. Right. I keep it. It's been around my whole life. I bring it along in the box and. You know, it would be cool if that was an NFT, right? Where right. I could essentially prove that and basically have a, a way to digitize this really cool experience and asset that I have, right? Yep. So the space has changed a lot, to be honest, Fred, and it's ever morphing all the time, right? Now it's really getting involved with, you know, community aspects, right? So selling an NFT, not as a trading card or a piece of art, like we're familiar with, but selling it almost as like a membership, mm -hmm. right? Where you go ahead and you sell an NFT, it gives you access to either events or to right. people or experiences. And we refer to that as kind of utility. So yep. you have the picture, but does that picture or that NFT have utility behind it? Sometimes right. they don't, right? Patrick Mahomes, you know, a football player, uh, basically just, you know, had no utility. He was selling his NFTs as a digital art. That's when it was really at its craze and these guys were making millions of dollars just selling basically a jpeg right right and there was no utility but the consumers didn't really know much about it and neither did the people creating it right and right. so when we created our company it wasn't at the beginning of this cycle it was sort of towards it was at the beginning but towards the middle where we started to learn a lot from the mistakes of other athletes other entertainers other musicians and we wanted to create not only really cool NFTs as far as digital creations go, but also in regards to the utility, right? right. So, for example, one of our you know clients, uh, Brandon Banks, became the first ever CFL player to launch an NFT. Um, he didn't do it as a way to monetize his name and likeness, though. He did it as a way to raise money for charity. So he played <laughs> off of the fact that it was the first CFL player that had ever launched an NFT. And he had been supporting a local charity for his time while he played at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And he wanted to use this opportunity with this emerging technology to basically double down and, you know, connect with one of his fans, 
Um, there was a, a meet and greet. So basically the package was all of the proceeds of the NFT sale were going to this local charity, but mm -hmm. there was utility. It wasn't just a digital trading card. You got tickets to a game for you and a friend. You got to come down to the field after the game, meet mm -hmm. and greet with Brandon. There you got signed jersey. There was a lot of really cool utility components to the NFT. And it's just an example of, you know, what we've done at our company to work with these guys to not only educate them, like, yes, there's a way to monetize, you know, your fame, but you don't want to be that guy that sells an NFT for 50,000 and then flies right. off into the wind and you're the buyers of that NFT feel burnt, right? That's right. not helping anyone. If you want to do another NFT in the future, that's not going to help, you know, build the community and trust with people in this space, right? So yep. really it's it's morphed a lot about how people are using it. And it's just interesting to continue to learn how this is developing. No, I, I think that's that's a key uh, point you, when you when you talk about those those two key words, uh, utility and community. And I think that when, you know, early on, when pe that that's what got people a lot really skeptical is that people were dropping these NFTs. And like you just said, they're just selling a JPEG. But then that's where people were like, oh, well, you know, NFTs are a scam or this is, a you know, this yep. is they can't trust it. Right. But when you do actually put some utility behind it and you build a community, that's where the opportunity uh, comes in. At, and that's what leads me to the, you know, from the uh, for NCAA athletes and name image likeness. Like that's pretty much what you were talking about when you were when you were just, when the uh, when you use the sports aspect of it is, hey, how can I leverage my name, my image and my likeness? Um, to to be able to either monetize or like you said, you could do you do a bunch of different cool things to help out your community. Yeah, a great example of how specifically someone in college can benefit from this. How about you know maybe a local cause as well as connect with some of their fans. Um, a great example is you know back when there was this height uh, the NFT craze uh, last year, uh, Luca Garza was the NCAA Consensus Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know was in talks to be one of the number one picks in the NBA draft. Uh, he sold his NFTs uh, via auction style, so he basically just like you would any other you know auction, right? Where a lot of guys go and they sell experiences like a a date night with some famous actor, right? Mm -hmm. There are people that will pay for dinner with Warren Buffett, right? right. This happens all the time. So Luca kind of did something similar where he held his NFT instead of setting a price, he was auctioned to the highest bidder. Um, the NFT ended up going for over $40,000. So they were able to raise a lot of money and that was donated to a local uh, children's hospital. Mm. Um, and the cool thing was, is that some of the, or the purchaser of that NFT actually got some one-on-one -on -one time with Luca, mm -hmm. um, you know, got to play with him, go out, watch a movie, that sort of stuff. So you can really tailor an NFT offering to like the person, right? Right. He, right. he was interested in movies and art and all of that. So his utility played into those strengths. So it gives right. the fan a way to really get intimate with someone that they follow. Yep. Um, it allowed him to raise money for a great cause. And it was an example of, you know, how a college athlete, um, he didn't, you know, obviously use it to make money, but mm -hmm. this is a great example of how others can, yep. right? Yep. Now, they might not make 40,000, but for someone on a rowing scholarship or, you know, a, a one of these other sports where that they're not going to have the ability with NIL to generate those tens right. or hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have to really turn over every rock and look yep. at every single opportunity to yep. monetize with this floodgate that has opened. And frankly, it is a floodgate. Yep. Look at the dollars that have went into NIL since this started. 
Yep. It is astronomical to look yep. at this, right? So you'd be foolish to at least not learn about yep. the space. It doesn't mean you need to do it, but it is another tool in your tool belt. You know, it's not the be and end all, but it mm -hmm. is one of the things you can look at, you know, how to monetize yourself. No, like you said, like uh, you, you, the floodgate really opened in it. And, and now it's like, okay, well, how can I uh, utilize this space and utilize this opportunity for the forgotten uh, athletes that aren't, you know, they aren't the Bryce Youngs or the, you know, the Bronny James or, the, you know, whatever those other athletes are. How can the, you know, the some of the smaller schools and some of the, the minorities uh, uh, pro, uh, programs, how can they utilize the space? And this in NFTs is, is one of the ways that they can, you know, you're basically you're able to to uh, you're, you're not looking for someone else to give you some money. You're able to create that opportunity on your own. And that could be through your local, uh, you know, your your local, uh, you know, shops or, you know, community or it may be uh your your people back home that want to support you and and buy your 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 project and support your project so there's a lot of different ways uh that they can utilize uh nfts to monetize uh their their name image likeness i think you brought up a good point with you know people that are from other countries um i think of olympic athletes where you know traditionally depending on the country that they're from you know struggle for funding right you could be one of the best people in your individual sport but financially, it's very difficult, right? And as a financial advisor, we talk with clients, not only the guys that make 30, 40 million in the NBA, but also those guys that play rugby, the guys that play lacrosse, you know, and everything in between. And you really start to understand, like, especially when you get into some of the lower tiered sports, how much of a struggle it is for individuals there, right? So if you are a track and field star, you know, from, you know, a certain part of Africa, for example, and you are training and you want to raise money to be able to, you know, help your training and, and get funding for your training. It is a great way to leverage your community, your, your country to support you, to raise funds, to connect with your fans in a really unique way. And I think the utility aspect shouldn't be overplayed. Like, you know, I give example of Luca, you know, doing the, uh, the movies and that with one of his fans um another great example would be like you know and this is the top of the pyramid but floyd mayweather launched a series of nfts and forget about the digital trading card for a second his utilities that were combined with his project were amazing and them by themselves at a silent auction somewhere would garner tens and hundreds of thousands like to have a night out for you and three friends to go and party with Floyd Mayweather or to get a private boxing lesson right. with Floyd Mayweather or to get signed gloves and do a dinner and a meet and greet with him and his whole, you know, team, you know, just that alone is worth money, right? So if you're spending 40 grand on that package that includes all of that, you're almost buying it for the package and the right. NFT is just a medium in order to get the package, right? Yep. Um, that's from the purchaser's point of view. Um, from the sellers and these athletes, what's really, really cool, and we haven't discussed it yet, is the ability to attach royalties to yep. these NFTs. And this is going to be very important for a lot of people outside the sporting industry, but also for the athletes, as well as for some of the institutions. So think of the leagues mm -hmm. um, and some of the associations. So I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. Um, first, I'll explain what the royalty is. When you sell an NFT, right? So say you're selling a digital trading card. Floyd Mayweather, for example, will stay on that topic and you sell each card for a thousand dollars. Okay. So now you have an individual trading card, Floyd Mayweather might come with some utility. 
Um, but now you own this. You are now, remember we said NFTs are very unique. So I can prove I own this individual trading card using blockchain technology to verify this, right? right? Um, now say, you know, down the road, something happens, Floyd Mayweather becomes in the news a lot or there's some sort of buzz and that value goes up to $5,000. And I go ahead and I sell that and I make 4,000 profit for me. That's great. Uh, it's easy to transfer, which is awesome. But the benefit for Floyd is if he attached a 10% royalty to that, he's now not only getting that thousand dollars initially up front, that's kind of like your IPO. So like a stock, right. right? When Apple first launches their stock, they go IPO. All of those funds come to Apple. But when Apple stock trades on the you know New York Stock Exchange and um, the other uh, national exchanges, Apple does get none of that money. That's just like me and you selling to each other, Fred, right? Mm, There's no yep. royalties. With the right. NFTs, Floyd Mayweather will get the initial $1,000 like the IPO, but if he attaches a 10% royalty, all secondary transactions, he gets 10% of every single one of those transactions, yep. right? So in the example, if he sells it for $5,000, 20% of that or 10% or whatever he decides his royalty will be, will go right to him. So a great example of how like a company or a league can do this, why don't we just start with one of the biggest and that's Nike. So Nike globally, athletic or non-athletic has been one of the best firms at using NFT technologies to you know, build their brand awareness and connect with another generation um, in a very unique way. So for example, they've made like 190 million in revenues off NFTs over the last few years. What is really interesting about that is only half of that was from the initial sale. So about 90, 80, 90 million was when they first launched their NFTs, sold them. The other 80 or 90 million came from all the secondary transactions that people were selling the original N uh, NFTs. Right. So Nike is consistently making money every time one of those NFTs trade hands, which is a very unique aspect, you know, getting outside of sports, for example. And I think this is the example Mark Cuban gave where imagine if you have a, a textbook company, right? Like, um, I don't know, I have a Cape One book right here, right? When they sell me this book for 200 bucks, they get my 200 bucks, that's it. When I use this textbook and I put it up online and I sell it, you know, to get rid of it for someone right. else, they get none of this money, right? right? If they were selling to me this online as a digital copy, but I had to buy the NFT to get access to this book and I resold the NFT in the future, they can make two or three or one or 5% of all yeah. of those sales. Yep. So the royalty component with the utility component we talked a, uh, a bit about, they're very, very unique. And I think they, especially with all of the hoopla and craze that went into the, the, the whole phase and then the subsequent downturn, I think they're still getting lost, right? Because if you keep those utility you know, very, very strong, I think that regardless of what the market is doing, you'll still be able to generate interest in your project, right? Right. Before it was just people were making money doing basically nothing, right? And right. they were starting projects and they had no, you know, map, they had no time horizons, nothing they were going to do to the, you know, their holders. And then those are the companies that essentially go bust. This is no different than what happened during the internet boom and bust right. of the early 2000s. People were, you know, creating websites and buying firms at crazy multiples and, you know, 90% of them went out of business, right? right? But that does not mean that the internet is no longer um, a right. viable piece of technology, right? It's right. just, you know, whenever you have one of those gold rushes, same thing in the cannabis industry. Once that became legal in Canada, everyone wanted in. They overextended themselves. Now they're all in debt. 
So it always happens. It's kind of, you know, history repeats itself, right? Yep. You have that initial craze, things die off, and then it usually comes back stronger than it initially did. But that time horizon might take 10 or 20 years, to be honest. Yep. yep. No, that makes that makes sense. Uh, so my question would be, uh, does there have to be a utility? Well, I guess it doesn't have to be, but uh, is there usually a utility that is tied to um, that NFT? And I'll give you an example. Um, I hear about Gary Vaynerchuk and his uh, V friends, right? Uh, you know, his is like, okay, like they get, you know, X amount of, of dinners or like annually it's a dinner with uh, Gary V for, for example. Sure. Um, and that's the reason why somebody could actually sell it. But if there is no utility that is attached to it, the resale value only is attached to that uh, athlete being becoming more popular, possibly. Is that is that accurate? Possibly. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, what gives a piece of art its value? That is very, very subjective. Yep. Someone could say the Mona Lisa is worth one million or one billion. Right. right. And who is to say it's in the eye of the beholder. It's frankly yep. what someone will pay for it. So right. that doesn't mean it's worthless. It right. just means it's hard to value. Yeah. So let's not confuse, you know, a lack of clarity on 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 the value with being worthless. Right. right? Yeah. So a trading card. Yeah. The average trading card is worth one or two dollars. But if you have a Babe Ruth mint condition, you know, graded 10, it's worth a lot of money. Now, right. how much that we don't know, but it's certainly worth more than a couple dollars. Right. Right. So if an athlete or entertainer or frankly, anyone has a um nft project that has no utility um it does not mean it's worthless yeah. um it just will be valued depending on what the buyer will pay for it and right frankly who that person is right yep. if that you know when one of these famous people passes away you know just like some of the old musicians right yep. you know all of a sudden when michael jackson passed away all of his memorabilia went through the roof yep but there was a period of years and years yes it was valuable but, but you it, had to wait for that moment, right? Now, right. what is his, you know, zipper jacket worth? I, I mean, that's so hard to quantify, right? right? Um, now, the thing with NFT would be if you were, um, say, there was like a barcode embedded on something like this that attached to the NFT. Like if you, Fred, were like, hey, I have Michael Jackson's zipper jacket. I'm going to sell this to you, Grant. The first thing that goes through my mind is, is this thing even real? Right. Right. And how do I know that's not a knockoff? Because knockoffs are so prevalent in all aspects of life nowadays, right? So yep. the NFT allows basically proof of ownership yep. for any collectibles. If you're buying a Rolex watch, you're buying a Babe Ruth rookie card, or you're buying Michael Jackson's zipper jacket, proof of ownership is very important, right? So utility is, is great. Don't get me wrong, because that always, especially when it's ongoing. So right. we were working with an athlete, for example, and they were um, doing a NFT project. And one of the many, many utilities that came with this NFT was basically part to be accessed to in one of his communities where he would do a monthly Zoom call. And this is a high-end MBA athlete. Every month will commit to going on Zoom with the purchasers of his NFT. Now, it was limited to only 100 but imagine every single month, right. like someone you followed, you got to do a Zoom call with him right. every single month. So that in of itself is valuable. Now, if you wanted to go sell that, someone else would find that valuable because right. of that ongoing utility. 
one utility, like a dinner with Floyd Mayweather, that's one thing. But once that's used up, that utility diminishes. It's no longer there because you've already used it. Now right. all you have is the digital aspect, right? But right. Ongoing things. Like that's where these um, uh, Gary V or Full Send with their MetaCard, um, yeah. these type of community projects where it's more membership based, right? right? So. Yes, Gary V has utility where you can go to the event and this and that, but you also get access probably to a lot of his future projects. Right. So even if Fred, you had that NFT, you went to the dinner and then you were selling it to me and I didn't get the dinner, I probably might not pay as much for right. it, but I still would give you something because I know that Gary's going to be doing something X, Y, Z in the future. And I want to be a part of that. Same thing with the full send guys. They have a beverage called happy dad basically a seltzer and yep. you know, they want to be able to attach that to their nft where maybe even the holders share in profitability now that it's a lot of legality rules that go behind that but like that's an example of how buying you know their nft project will allow you to potentially even you know be involved with a business venture of those individuals like gary like the guys from full send right so i think it's all about Fred just understanding what the person that creates the NFT wants to do. Yep. Do they want to be involved long-term like Gary and the full send guys? Do they just want to do a short and sweet and raise money like Brandon Banks did for the local charity, right? Um, there's a lot of ways you can do it. So like with MNG, the company that we have, the first thing we do is just ask clients a lot, like, why are they doing this? What do they want to get out of it? What is like the main purpose, right? Yep. Outside of making money. Um, and if they don't have a good answer to that, maybe it's a client we wouldn't take because everyone wants to make money. So I don't even right. need to hear about that, right? I need to hear about the other reasons you're going to want to do because I don't want to be involved in a project that is you know, sell something for 200000 It's a yep. rug pull. And then all yep. of a sudden, you know, this guy's have a sour taste, not only the athlete, but myself as well, right? right. So um, it's, it's all about just building an NFT project, educating the people about like the, the, the athletes about, you know, the best ways to add value, really. Gotcha. gotcha. So uh, I, I know one of the things that a lot of people will probably ask about is, you know, the barrier of entry. How uh, how hard or how you know easy is it for an athlete to get to uh, to create an NFT and, and, and get into this space? Short answer, very easy. The longer answer is depends on how much time they want to put in. Gotcha. You know. Sometimes, you know, as a financial advisor, we deal with people that are very involved with wanting to learn about their portfolios and learning about their investments and really want to get in the weeds and understand and put that energy into understanding how their wealth is managed. Then we have other people that say, talk to me once a year and let me know what my rate of return was. Right. And that's why I'm paying you, Grant, to do this that I don't have to do. Right. It's the same thing, you know, with with an athlete. Right. So, um, there are companies like myself where you can pay us to do everything for you. Mm -hmm. um, we would use, you know, and help you through the process on developing it. But then if they wanted to do it themselves, the great thing about living in 2022 is you are a YouTube or Google search away right. from endless resources. Yes. If you want to learn about anything nowadays, there's basically no excuse to not at least know the high level tip of the iceberg. Yep. You might not be an expert. But if you want to know how to make lasagna or launch an NFT, it's really simple to learn, right. right? Right. Um. Now, you know, we can help with that if clients don't want to put as much energy into it. But, you know, there are numerous resources on YouTube for people to learn about this space. The platforms, for example, like 
um, a rareable or an open C. Yeah. When they first started, were a little cumbersome to actually understand how to do it and the gas fees associated, which is basically the cost yep. to create an NFT for anyone that wouldn't know. Um, it was a lot to understand, don't get me wrong. Um, but these platforms have morphed over time. Think of mm -hmm. like what the first you know, ESPN website looked like and now what it looks like to be able to access stats and standings and certain very unique metrics. Right. Now the interfaces are so easy, anyone can do it. You know, my grandma can jump on for the first time and kind of figure her way around. Right, right? Right. But the very, very first one, oh my goodness, you would have had to have someone show you how to do it. Right. Same thing with the NFTs. So, you know, uh, you go on Rarible and OpenSea now and you look at that interface, it's completely different than two years ago, gotcha. uh, big time. And so it's becoming easier and easier and easier for the average person, athlete or non-athlete to launch their own projects. But if they don't feel comfortable or they're a little timid, there are companies like mine and many, many others that are designed for that reason, to help people from A to Z and hold their hand through the whole process. Gotcha, gotcha. And so what would be your recommendation for, like like I said, some of these NIL act athletes uh, in, in, you know, some tangible, um, you know, projects or things that they can do um, to get started? So this is going to be the whole, you know, Mark Cuban, Gary Vee type of answer, but it's... Mm -hmm. Basically, don't do anything and spend 100 hours researching. Um, I would say the same thing about investing in a portfolio. You come to me with a million dollars and you want to diversify the portfolio. First thing they want to know is, should I buy Apple or Google or Tesla or Zoom? And I just say, what is a stock? And if you can't answer that question, <laughs> you shouldn't be buying one, right? right. You need right. to know its ownership in a company and so forth right. and all of that, right? Same thing with NFTs. A lot of people were buying, you know, pictures of an ape smoking a cigarette and didn't yep. know what they were getting, right? right? And nothing wrong with that, but I would recommend people that want to get in the space spend a lot of time learning about it, educating themselves, talking with people in the space, jump on Discord. There are endless opportunities to learn. Um, and then if you are investing and you are a purchaser, purchase what you're going to lose. And this is what we do with people when they first starting investing in stocks, like people just graduating out of school, right? They don't have a lot of money. They got 5,000, you know, and they want to get involved. It's like, you know, don't put all 5,000 to work right away. Put 500 in a couple right. stocks. And guess what? If you lose 500 bucks, you're, it will not affect your life at all. Right. If you have 5,000 in your bank account, don't spend all 5,000 on one NFT on a project you did zero research on and you don't even know what an NFT is. That right. is... People do this all the time with stocks. They'll hear some story from yep. someone in a cab, put all their life savings into something, and then be upset when they lose their money. Yep. This is, unfortunately, the world we live in where everyone wants to get rich quick. Yep. And we hear tons of stories of people getting rich quick. Yep. But I also hear tons of stories of people going broke quick. Yep. And, um, you know, I think, you know, to summarize, spend a lot of time 50, 100 hours researching, understanding yep. the technology. Um, if you are investing, invest what you can lose. If you are creating it, um, think about how you're going to add value and why someone would want to buy your NFT, whether you're a musician, an athlete, or an average individual, right? Those would be the three things I'd recommend for people getting into space, depending on what side of the buyer or seller kind of um, spectrum they're on. Yep, I think I think that's a big thing for uh, like I said, when we're, especially when we're talking about these uh, you know college athletes, right? They have yep. uh, you know they have the time, they have the 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 uh, the creativity 
So I think that's probably a big, big way that they can, um, you know, learn about themselves and, and really do projects that that speak to them and, and speak to their to their uh, wants and, and needs um, and making sure that they're tapping into their community. Because one of the things that I always look at is, you know, in the past, uh, they would they would be at that college for four years and they would, uh, you know, they would they would you know, get used up and, and then if they don't go pro, then they're, they're, they're done. Right. But now they have an opportunity where they can, they can, um, you know, leverage their community and, and, and be, become, um, something that lives on and they act, they're actually able to monetize that, uh, you know, that nostalgia of being that, uh, quarterback from Oklahoma that didn't make it versus, you know, just, you know, now I, I'm able to like actually do something like, Oh, you get to have lunch with, with, uh, you know, Sam Bradford or what, whoever it may be. Um, and, and that's something that I think is invaluable. I, I do as well, right? And, you know, as any market, whether it's the internet market or the NFT market, it goes through ebbs and flows. There's periods of time where there's tons of euphoria. People are throwing money at basically anything. They're making money. And this has to do with a lot with the price of cryptocurrency. So people that are watching that maybe don't know, like when they're buying NFTs, traditionally they're using cryptocurrencies like Ethereum or Bitcoin to purchase it. They're not using their Visa card or you know fiat currency like US dollars or Canadian dollars. Now that has changed. Some of these platforms allow you to use fiat currency, but for the majority of it, it's crypto. And as crypto markets go down, people have less crypto. They're less willing to spend on speculative assets like mm -hmm. NFTs that are more of a gamble, right? When you know, Bitcoin's at $60,000 and everyone is making tons of money and, you know, they're going to spend extra money on other things. So, you know, I think a great way and, you know, for people to try to time the market and people do this in other markets, right? When, you know, ever there is a boom and bust, this happens all the time. There's market cycles. You can research the hell out of this. Um, you know, it's to capitalize. When the market is down, that's when you strategize. That's when you, you know, do all your work. And you get ready for it to turn around. Eventually it will. And when it turns around, you're ready, you're locked, you're loaded, you've done 100 hours of research, you have your team in place, you know the utility that you're going to be offering next school year, you know, when you go to school in September, October, and you just sit and you wait for that time, right? And, and you put a lot of thought into it, right? And whenever you think about it as if you were on the other side, like, why would I want to buy my own NFT? And what value does that have to me, both short term and long term? it really helps you to craft a better offering, right? So yep. I think, yeah, maybe a person on a, you know, a women's rugby team or a women's soccer team at one of these, you know, D2 schools might not make a lot of money, um, you know, and they certainly are not going to probably make 100 or 200,000 on an NFT, but could they make 500, $1,000, you know, selling a dinner, you know, yep. to, you know, some guy that wants to quit with, of course they could, right? Yep. And it's not going to change life, but I said, you know, earlier in the call that, especially with NIL, there are, I mean, you might know this, but just tens, if not hundreds of thousands of collegiate um, athletes across the country. And um, only few of them can garner, you know, the type of money that, you know, the Luca Garza's of the world can, right? right? But for everyone else in the bottom 90%, um, I wouldn't think, oh, just don't look at it because, oh, I'm not Luca, I can't do this. Just understand yeah. you might not make a hundred grand, you might make two grand. And frankly, right. Let's have a better way to make two thousand dollars than <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, I'd recommend putting a little bit of time into yep. it. Yep, a win, a win is a win, right? And uh, yeah. so yeah. another thing about it is, like you just said, uh, you know, 
getting past the I'm, I, I'm not going to make 200 grand or something that, to that nature. But in the past, the problem was, is that either they had to sneak in and work on uh, during the summer or something like that, or they couldn't work. So they were struggling at their college in their college dorm because they're not one of the top uh, top, you know, uh, sports. So now you have an opportunity where you can be creative and find a find a way that you can make an extra two grand or extra four grand or whatever it may be. And that's that's yeah. just, uh, you know, like and also do, doing stuff that you probably were going to do anyway. Like, hey, I, I like the bowl. So, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do an yeah. NFT to, hey, you get a, a one one night to bowl with me a month. You come out with me and my friends and you, and you get the bowl. That's something that you were going to do anyway, but now you, you were able to make a little a little bit of money off of it. Yeah, for sure. I, I couldn't agree more. Yep. And so I know we're coming up on our time. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, is there anything that you want to leave, uh, you know, leave our viewers with, uh, to, you know, before you go? I would just say it's a really exciting time. Um, this technology, everything from investing in crypto to learning about NFTs, how to buy them, how to sell them. It's a very, very exciting time. Um, and if you listen to any of the Mark Cubans and the Gary Vs, they'll say they haven't felt this way, you know, probably in 10, 15, 20 years since when the internet first came out. Um, this is just the beginning. Uh, I don't think that in 20 years, the NFT market will look like it does today. I think it's gonna be kind of like technology that's in the background. Yep. Um, that just when you buy a certain thing online, you don't even know it, like yep. the skins from Fortnite, you yep. don't even know you're buying the NFT. Like if you ask someone, how does, you know, the visa checkout work when you go buy a Cineplex movie ticket, they have no clue. All yep. they know is they push on a button, takes it from their visa card and they have a ticket. Doesn't um, really matter. I think that NFT watching technology, that interaction will change a lot. So yep. as the technology morphs, I just, I would just recommend people continue to stay involved and understand that it's a natural course of any you know, market to go up and down, ebb and flow, spend some time, have some fun, put a little bit of money to work that you're afraid to, like not afraid to lose. And, you know, it makes it a little bit more interesting, you know, spend 50 bucks on an NFT. Yep. That's nothing. Put, figure out how to open a wallet up, right? How yep. to put the NFT, how do you transfer it? How do you buy cryptos to then even buy the NFT? What's an acceptable gas price to buy this? There is a huge learning curve as we discussed right. earlier, right? But that's why, you got to put that hundred hours in. Yep. Right. And so I would just say, have fun with it. And, um, it's here to stay. All right. Well, thanks again, Grant. Um, let everybody know where to find you and we'll, we'll be getting out of here. Yeah. You can just Google me, Grant Laschowski online, MNG collections, Instagram, Google. I'm all over the place. So not hard to find. All right. Well, thanks again. Have a great day and I'll see you all next week.